Time with your host, Coach Danielle McCartan. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. All right, good, good afternoon, good morning. Hello, everybody out there. Got a big show for you today. I was just running around real quick, make sure everything is all ready to go. Uh, I'm wearing my Washington Nationals hat today and uh, also my Italia t-shirt. Got a big announcement coming up with that as well. Um, so I just want to uh, kick off the show today. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Jets, Giants, fantasy football, uh, play my interviews with Brandon Marshall from Friday night and from and with Matt Forte from Friday night. We'll talk MLB playoffs. We're also going to talk a little bit about um, the, the central question of today will be, is Darrell Rivas still an elite quarterback? So uh, uh, I can already see we have an already uh, chatty audience. I'm streaming live on Periscope as well, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on that. So you guys can check me out. You could, you could see me on there as well as, as listen to me. But the only thing is you won't be able to hear the interview. So for those, you can go on to my YouTube page and just type in on YouTube. Uh, you can go at the top of the search bar and type Coach space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, Coach McCartan. That's where you're going to find that. So I just want to say for those of you guys in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, uh, Antana, North Carolina, uh, hopefully you guys uh, are surviving, doing okay with the the Hurricane uh, Matthew that's coming through. Um, The Miami Dolphins will play as planned today in Miami, obviously. Uh, It's forecasted 87 degrees with a 10% chance of rain. How's that for Florida? How's that for Miami? Uh, Nice forecast. Uh, The other thing is the... Panthers and Buccaneers are supposed to be playing Monday night in Charlotte. We're still awaiting word of, you know, if if they will be playing that game or not. Um, I think they will be, but the NFL has yet to come out and actually say whether they will or will not be yet. Okay, so again, we have the central question of the day. Is Darrell Rivas still an elite cornerback? Um, and my question to you guys, this is original. I came up with it all on my own. Is Rivas Island now a destination vacation or is it a, still a castaway island? Special guest today will be Art Stapleton. He's the Giants beat reporter for the record and the USA Today Network. And then we have uh, Havan for fantasy football, Greg Larnard. He's the host of CBS Sports Radio Roundup, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also, the word the G on Blog Talk Radio, which I was the guest last week, last episode. Uh, we talked for about half an hour about Jets, Giants, and, and all things football. He's also the uh, an NBA and CFB podcast host. Okay, so we have Art Stapleton calling in. Should be ringing right now, any second. And we're going to do a little bit of Giants. So uh, Giants are going to be taking on the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football tonight, 8.30 p.m. on NBC. The forecast in Green Bay, I know that seems to be a cause for concern sometimes, uh, but not not tonight in my opinion. It's going to be about 46, 47 degrees at kickoff at 8.30 tonight and uh, clear. And winds are going to be three miles an hour, so the winds should be a non-factor in tonight's Giants-Packers game. Uh, the Giants are coming off a season where they are um, somewhat underperforming. Uh, it's been a little dismal for Giants fans and, and Giants personnel. So you guys can tweet me any questions you have at Coach M C C A R T A N. The the thing about Periscope at the bottom is when you write something, see I have to lean in. Should the Cowboys just stop playing? We aren't going to win anyways. Cowboys, you're a Cowboy fan and you're so down on your team? Oh, my God. You're not a real fan. Cowboys are doing excellent. 
Uh, I do like Dak Prescott. He's a great quarterback. He's, you guys have you like the Yankees have the baby bombers. You have the baby boys, the ba- the baby cowboys, and Ezekiel Elliott too, first round draft pick. The Cowboys, he's uh, been lighting it up. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding the Giants, uh, you know, with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and the, we, uh, Art Stapleton and I, we connected originally over um, Mark Bavaro and should he be a Hall of Famer or not. Uh, and that was the original connection we had on Twitter. So we're, we're waiting in on a call from Art Stapleton. Oh, that was a long question and I just missed it. Can you type that again? Sorry about that. He is going to be calling from Green Bay. Hey, Danielle, how you doing? This is Art Stapleton from the record. Art, how are you? I was just giving a, uh, a little synopsis of, of the Giant game going on, uh, th- t- taking place tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How's everything? So you're calling live from, uh, where are you, Green Bay? Or driving to Green Bay? I am in transit between Chicago and Green Bay, the glorious life of a uh, sports writer, as you uh, <laughs> Some people don't realize how much we're, we're scrambling around. They think we're on the the team's flights to uh, to each individual game, but that's not the case. So, yeah, I'm in transit from Chicago to Green Bay. Okay, so uh, listen, let's, let's get right into this. I, I, we originally connected, I wanted to go back to this, uh, on Twitter over the idea that, in my opinion, uh, Mark Bavaro should be in the Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's so hard in some of the specialty positions. I mean, but when a guy like Bill Belichick refers to Bavaro as a Hall of Famer and says he's the best tight end he's ever coached, it carries some weight. Um, so I think Bavaro's place in history at that position is established uh, from the very beginning. So you know, I don't think you fall off in that. I think the hard part is when you get into skill positions, the tight end is kind of caught in between the skill position and the offensive lineman. So right. uh, it's very hard to differentiate and also today's game you know what what would Bavaro be in today's game would he be Gronkowski and if he were Gronkowski then then you'd look at it and say he, he'd have a much better shot at getting the votes to get into camp so uh, I don't think you're far off I don't think it's a negative to say that uh, that Bavaro deserves recognition among the best tight ends to ever play now does it help or hurt his cause that he is um, the only tight end on the ballot this year uh, you know what? It's so hard to tell. I, I I don't have a Hall of Fame vote, and you know I've only been doing this for for a little while now. I mean, but it's hard to de- to determine the agendas of of who is doing the voting. Um, I, I don't think Bavaro will end up making the cut uh, this year. I, I don't know necessarily if he'll become a finalist, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly if they were looking to put a tight end into the Hall of Fame and you're the only one on the ballot, I think that that certainly helps. But the problem is, is that they, you know, skill position-wise for wide receivers is just one of those things where when wide receivers are up on the board, you have three, four, or five, and you start comparing numbers. Right. Uh, it's right. impossible to compare Bavaro to, to what some of these guys can put up in the last you know, 15 years. Right, right. So, um, and if you guys missed it, I, I did do the comparison. Uh, I crunched some numbers. Not all yep. of them, but I, I did do it on my website, prosportsrundown.com, and you guys can check out the Mark Bavaro thing there. So, um, Art, let's let's talk about a little bit about tonight's game, what to expect, Giants and Packers. I, th- I guess the main storyline is that Ben McAdoo is going to be returning home. He coached for eight seasons under Mike McCarthy, six years as a tight end coach, two years as a quarterback coach. What do you expect to see from uh, from Coach McAdoo tonight? You know, as much as we've tried to, to pull some emotion out of Ben McAdoo this week about going back to Lambeau, that certainly hasn't happened. <laughs> I mean, the Giants, I mean, even, even writers from the entire, from the inside the building for Giants.com tried to, 
to get Ben to open up a little bit, said, you know, exactly how you laid it out, and McCarthy's your mentor. You were married in Green Bay. You had two children who were born in Green Bay. You know, Lambeau was your, your significant part of your coaching life. Mm-hmm. And uh, McAdoo said, I, you know, I'm, I'm here to coach a game one of, one of 16. And uh, his big thing is, I think, he doesn't want his players thinking that he's making one game uh, more important to him than it is for them. Right. I think I can appreciate that from a coaching perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but give us something, Ben. Come on. We know this means a lot to you. You're going against your, your coaching mentor. Uh, but McAdoo is flatline. He's, he's not high. He's not low. He's just it's, it's who he is. And when they win, you can deal with it. When they lose, you want him to show a little bit more emotion and and he just has not obliged to this point. You know, when you said he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low, he's kind of, he is what he is. You know I, who I immediately thought of? I thought of Eli Manning. And yeah. um, Eli Manning, you know, it is what it is. Although Beckham ha- doesn't have any touchdown catches this year, what do you expect to see from Eli Manning facing off, I guess, against the Packers' defense tonight? You know, Eli's played very well in his last two trips to Lambeau Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Um, as much attention has been put on Odell, I think Eli deserves some of that attention as well. I don't think he's played as well as he needs to uh, for this offense to click. Uh, I think Manning outplays Rodgers tonight. I really do. I think if you look at the numbers and you crunch the numbers, Rodgers uh, hasn't reached 300 yards passing in his last 12 games. But now he has 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. That that's that's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But um, I think. I think it's got to be an Eli show tonight. He, he's got to be able to, to make the best, you know, not just make the smart throws, but make the tough throws and the difficult throws. And I think he, he's failed on doing that, in the latter part of that, and thrown some interceptions that, that really hurt him against uh, the Redskins. Right. But I think it's a big night for the passing game tonight for the Giants. I really do. Now, speaking of the passing game, let's go keep going with this. Uh, the big story around New York has been Odell Beckham. Now, my question to you, not, I don't want to talk about any of the, like, the negativity with him, but I just want to know, in your opinion, is he acting out because of frustration, not getting the ball, other teams are baiting him, he, like I said, he's caught zero touchdown passes. Where do you think that the source is emanating from in the, the actions we're seeing from 23-year-old Odell Beckham? I think his frustration comes from the fact that they're, they're losing, mm-hmm. and they've lost the last two games when they know they're a better team, at least they've shown that they believe they're a better team. Uh, is he frustrated that he dropped the touchdown pass late in the game against the Saints? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't want a competitor to be content with what he has and he hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. But right, right. Uh, I don't believe that it's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, I, I'm only happy I'm only happy when I'm getting the ball and it doesn't matter whether this team wins or loses. I mean, he was perfectly content weeks one and week two for you know, not putting up mega numbers, but also being able to guy who, who, you know, who led this team in more ways than one. Uh, I think when it comes down to it, you know, the, the incident with the kicking net has been blown so far out of proportion. proportion. Um, and that day had the Giants won that game, it would have gone down as one of the best career games for Odell Beckham Jr. in the sense that, he dominated Josh Norman that day. Yep. You know, seven catches, 121 yards. Yep. Most of that was against Norman. Mm-hmm. And said the focus after the game was a loss and the fact that Beckham blew up on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So I think tonight's a, a big game for Beckham. I think he gets in the end zone tonight. 
the Packers have been susceptible to the pass, and they're without their top corner in Sam Shields. So uh, I think if you're a fantasy football owner, if you're a Giants fan, you're real excited to see Odell Beckham Jr. on the field tonight. My brother actually has Eli Manning as his quarterback, so I'll, I'll pass the information along to him. Now, the, there's concerns also on the on the defensive side of the ball for the Giants. The front four, they've been playing a lot of snaps, and I just yeah. uh, this morning I looked up some stats. They are last in NFL with only four sacks this season, and they're 24th out of 32 teams in the NFL in terms of total yards, rushing yards given up. So what do you expect to see from the front four tonight different than what they've been doing in the past? Well, I think you might see some younger guys uh, rotate in at defensive end, at least early on in the game. Okay. For Jason Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you'll see more Oladidizua. Uh, maybe you'll see more Terry Wynn or even a Romeo LaClara, who's an undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He, he's you know showed up pretty well in, in limited roles this year. Uh, but for the most part, you know, I think I think Vernon and JPP have played a lot better than what their statistics may show. I think if you break down analytically uh, what Vernon has meant to that front, I think a lot of JPP's strong play, and he was listed, you know, pro football focus has JPP as a top three defensive end this year based on pressures, based on his play against the run. I think a lot of that comes to the attention that uh, Vernon gets, so... Uh, I think the front should play well tonight. Uh, I think they they need to play well tonight. But a lot of that also comes from what happens in the secondary tonight uh, and the injuries. Do we see Dominic Rogers Camardi tonight? I believe we will. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Eli Apple will play. I think mm-hmm. he'll be a game-time decision with his hamstring. But for the most part, this defense will come and go, and the big plays will be made by JPP and, and OV. And, you know, and I was at the Redskins game, too. Me and my dad were there just as fans. And um, people forget that JPP, right before the half, had a huge yep. sack on uh, Kirk Cousins that kept seven points potentially off the board. And people tend to forget that about, about that game yeah. in particular. And, you know, if they won that game, in that game there, were a lot, there were a lot of plays in that game that, you know, we quote, if only they had won. And, and we know that that doesn't, you know, it doesn't play and you have to win the games. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, that's it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Vernon, Vernon had two sacks in that game. Obviously, the helmet-to-helmet on the second sack that he, he picked up. Right. The flag really hurt them. Uh, but uh, I think they're, they're, this, is a, this is setting up very well. As poorly as, I think, Monday night in Minnesota set up for the Giants, mm-hmm. I think tonight in Lambeau Field, if they can play their best game of the season, uh, and that's always obviously a caveat, but I think they can, they can do some damage tonight. Uh, against a Green Bay team who I'm not really sure if they're as good as what uh, we might think they were or at least what they should, we thought they were before the season started. Okay, so just one more thing before you go. I just want to say, like, now let's think of this in two situations. So first, what happens if the Giants do beat the Packers? What's next? And then second, what if they do lose to the Packers? Where do we go from here? It's kind of two different avenues. This is kind of like the crossroads <laughs> of the season, basically. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I thought they needed to be three and two uh, at this juncture. So if they mm-hmm. get to three and two by beating the Packers, I think they're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, then you have the Ravens at home and in London against the resurgent Rams. Uh, you know, you get through there and you split. I think bottom line is the Giants need to win two out of three the next three weeks uh, to go into their bye week feeling like they're they're competitive. 
Um, then they come back from their bye, and I think they play the Eagles. So they need some momentum here. They have an opportunity to get some momentum. Uh, but even if they were 3-0 uh, going into Minnesota last week, I thought they'd lose to the Vikings and they'd lose to the Packers. So right. at 3-2, that's where they would have been. It just depends on where you where you get your momentum from. Right. So uh, if they lose today, I think it's going to be a very difficult week. There's going to be even more pressure on the Giants for next week uh, coming home against the Ravens. So um, at that point, you know, if you're 2-3, and three, you pretty much have to win the next two weeks going into your bye to get some sort of uh, motivation, some sort of momentum uh, when you come back and start playing the league game, the divisional games again. Right. No, definitely. I definitely agree with it. I think we're, we're both on the same page here in regards to uh, these major issues, uh, you know, with the Giants, for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Keep up the great work, Danielle. Thank you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Okay, so this is, everybody, this is Art Stapleton. He's the Giants beat reporter for the Bergen Record, which I've read all my life, and uh, USA Today <laughs> Network. <laughs> so uh, thanks for taking the time out. I know this you're traveling. I know this is, uh, you know, so thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem, Danielle. We'll do it again soon. Uh, next couple of weeks, give me a shout. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll hop on again. I will. All right, go Giants. All right, take care. Bye. So that was, uh, like you guys heard, that was uh, Art Stapleton, you know, dropping dropping some knowledge bombs on you guys in in regards to uh, the Giants and, and upcoming, and uh, you know, I, I think uh, unfortunately, I, I do think the the Packers, the Giants are going to be overmatched tonight. Uh, I do think that uh, my my guess at the final score, uh, I think I said the other night was going to be, I think I said twenty four seventeen Packers, twenty four seventeen Packers over the Giants. Um, you know, it's just hard with Odell Beckham too. Uh, he uh, he he also has to share the touchdown catches with three other great receivers: Victor Cruz himself and um, yeah, new guy uh, Sterling Shepard uh, on the Giants. So you know, like Art said, I, I wouldn't get too hung up with him having zero touchdown catches um, because you know it is what it is. All right, we have a caller calling in. Sixty minute overtime. Hey, Danielle, how are you? It's uh, Randy Zelly, back sports page. Hey, Randy, what's going on? I'm all right. How are you guys doing today over there? Uh, me, by myself? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had on uh, Art Stapleton from, from the Giants. Uh, we previewed the Giants-Packers game. What do you think is going to happen tonight with that? Um, you know, it's funny. I don't know if Art, Art's a smart guy. I've known Art for a long time now, and he and I always say the same thing. This, this team always finds a way at least once or twice during the season, they'll lose a game that they probably shouldn't lose, like the Redskins game. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to win a game or two that they probably shouldn't win. And I think tonight's one of those games they might have an opportunity to win. Because uh, I look at the Packers, and I look at them very differently. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers hater, but I'm an NFL realist. Yeah. Uh, which which gets me in trouble. And you and I fight about this all the time. So <laughs> this is nothing new for, for us you know, with this whole entire thing. Um I don't believe in the Aaron Rodgers hype. You know, everyone remember if you remember last year he had those two Hail Marys. Yeah, one, yeah. One, one in the one in the playoff game before yeah. his overtime and yep. the other one against Detroit. Yeah. If they wouldn't have caught the ball in the end zone, we wouldn't be talking about how great Aaron Rodgers is all the time. You know, his greatness wouldn't be keep being bought up. He has, he's had thirty one opportunities in the fourth quarter to come back and win a game and he's only done it seven or eight times. I think hmm. I think it's eight times. Mm-hmm. So, so before we, we crown this guy the greatest thing since sliced bread, we really, you know, the numbers don't lie. Um, he's always his greatness is always measured on you know because of his 
completion percentage and how many times you you know and how many touchdowns he throws. Well, if you if you had a running game, you wouldn't be throwing the ball forty times. That's true. That is true. And you know, if you look at that season, the season where the Giants won their second Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots, they played the Packers in the playoffs. And that season, the Packers were I think were fifteen and one, and a lot of those games were out of reach in the fourth quarter. So I'm not sure how clutch we can really, really recall Aaron Rodgers in that situation. Well, assuming um, that this game is going to be a close game. Yeah, you know what? You never know because on paper, when in full health, the Giants are a team that we don't, I don't think we fully know what they are because I've always said the first five games of the season should not be a, um, a stamp of what they are because the NFL has changed so much over the years now where the preseason, you don't even really see what the real starters are doing. You're getting a lot of the secondary guys to see who's, who's going to take those last four or five roster mm-hmm. spots. So now you're, you're looking at these first five games of the year, and you're really getting a feeling out process. Guys are finally getting back into game shape, and that's why there's been new injuries in the first five games of the year the last four seasons because of the collective bargaining agreement has changed that players can only spend an X amount of time on the field before the season actually starts. So it totally changes everything. So to answer your question about tonight, this might be a game that the Giants could steal. Um, you know, odd makers don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Giants are banged up in their secondary. Mm-hmm. The Packers' defense has never really been great. So if you're if you're a football fan, you're hoping for like one of those 35 to 31 type of scores. That's what you can see. And if it comes to it with a shootout, I think Eli might have more weapons to go to than, um, than Aaron Rodgers. But, again, that is also the right side of the offensive line to hold up for Eli, especially with Danell uh, out for tonight. Right. So, uh, all right, give me, your, give me your prediction. What do you think the score is going to be tonight? Uh, I think the Packers win. And this is coming from a Giants fan, but I'm also a realistic person. Um, I'm, I'm going to say... Uh, 31-27 Packers. 31-27 Packers. Okay, I had 24-17 Packers. I think there's some points on the board. Yeah. Because I, uh, I think, I think both the quarterbacks are going to be able to show. I just, I think for Eli, it's just not about turning. It's turning. It's turning the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over, you're going to have a shot. If you're able to get the ball, um, you know, keep the ball moving, I think you'll be okay. Now I want to turn the tables on you, and I have to ask you a question. Go ahead. What was your reaction to the Odell Beckham stuff this week? Like, as, as Steve and I do on our show, is it something or nothing? Huh. Um, I think uh, I think the guy's a competitor. I think it's I think it's nothing. I think the guy's a competitor. Uh, I asked Brendan Marshall on Friday night, "Do you think you do, do you see a lot of yourself in a young Odell Beckham Jr.?" Uh, and he he replied, "I'll play for a little in a little while." He's like, "All right, enough, Odell. He's going to be all right." I think that <laughs> I think. Um, I think it was blown up out of proportion. Like Art said, if the Giants had won that game, we probably wouldn't be talking about it anymore. So I think mm-hmm. the guy's a competitor. I think his, his emotions are coming out on the field, which is great. I like to see that. However, I know it's, a lot's been talked about. He's 23 years old, which is no excuse because when you look at Noah Syndergaard, he's also a young player, uh, very stoic. But they're different. You can't compare them. They're different kinds of players. One's an emotional player. One is not. So uh, Odell Beckham, I cut him some slack, in my opinion. Cut him some slack and stop and start focusing on on the real things at hand in the Giants' offense and defense. Yeah, it's, it's you're 110 percent correct, and that's that's pretty much what we were saying on um, 
Thursday night, we had we asked Kyle Hightower, who covers the Patriots for the Associated Press. He came on with us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We asked him about Odell. We asked him about Eli Manning. We asked him about that the same situation, and he says, you know, winning cures, winning cures all problems. Yeah, and that's for sure. If Odell comes out tonight and scores two touchdowns, everyone's going to talk about how great of a game he had, not his te- temper tantrums right. on the field. Right. All right, Randy. Well, I have another caller calling in, actually. So uh, I'll yeah. let you go. Randy go is uh, the host of, uh, well, he owns BackSportsPage.com, which I do some some write, uh, some writing with. Uh, we go to a lot of events together. And he's on, check him out. What time are you on on Thursdays? Is it 8 o'clock? Yeah, uh, off topic every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Okay. This uh we just got we just got word. We're just working on the date, but upcoming episodes we actually have Wahlberg coming on with us. Oh, cool, very cool. All right, so you guys can yeah, ch- check him out. It's different. It's different. <laughs> All right, I d- the <laughs> caller just hung up. Call back. I was just about to hit the button on you. Call back. Sorry. Here's the number. Here's the number. This is a one man show here, Randy. You know that more than anybody in this and studio. And we're here. changing that. That you're changing that. You're gonna have call screener coming up soon. So that's gonna be cool. Thank God. Thank God. Um, and real quickly, until that person calls back, the, the question of the day is, is Darrell Rivas still an elite cornerback? No. No. <laughs> One word, no. Yeah, I agree. And I think that was the person that was calling in to talk about that. Yeah, uh, the reason why and the reason why is because you're, you're now 30-something-year-old trying to guard younger 20-something-year-old. Yeah. Age, it catches up. He's got a Super Bowl ring. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But Rivas Island now is uh, being bought out by pro- different properties, it looks like. Yeah, I, uh, it's uh, now a destination vacation, as I've said. <laughs> so, Danielle, we're, we're going to be seeing you next Monday night, correct? Yes, uh, next Monday night. Yeah, go ahead. Give a, give a little preview of uh, of that event. Okay, so next Monday night um, over in Wallington Lanes, uh, research for uh, uh, sickle cell, research, research that they've been doing now for the last couple of years, J.T. Thomas is uh, hosting the event for the New York Giants over in Wallington Lanes in Wallington, New Jersey. Event starts at seven o'clock, goes until about ten. Come on down uh, for more information. Go to lunarsportsgroup.com. Uh, we'll be there with plenty of audio interviews and a lot of pictures. I can't guarantee we can do. It looks like we're not going to be able to do a, a live broadcast from there like originally planned. Yeah, yeah. But we, we'll be doing a lot of different things over there. So uh, Danielle will be there. I will be there. Come on down, check it out. Uh, Back Sports Page will be there. Um, WRPR is going to be represented there by multiple shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of Giants there. You can come down, meet the players, talk with the players about football, about anything you want, get autographs. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, Randy. Um, well, thanks Thanks for checking in. This is the first time I've had you on. This is this is nice. I, next time I have to be in the studio, but I have a feeling you'll kick me out after 15 minutes because of my uh, my views. So. Uh, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Daniel. I'll right. the rest of the show. Thanks, Randy. Bye. Uh, Randy, I do do a lot of a lot of work with with Randy Zelia. Uh, he was just previewing an event we're doing Monday night with uh, JT Thomas bowling at Wallington Lane. So you guys can, like he said, go to LunarSportsGroup.com and you can check it out. Uh, up next, we're going to be having Greg Larnin. Uh, he's the host of CBS Sports Radio Roundup from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Also, he uh, he has his own show too called The Word with G. Blog Talk Radio. I was on the latest episode, so you guys can go check that out. And uh, he's a NBA CFB podcast host, and this should be him ringing in right now. Oh, hey, Greg, what's going on today? Not much. How are you? Good. So, uh, just so you guys, that my audience, you guys are um, going to have some fantasy football bombs dropped on you on you here. Uh, Greg is very much uh, the the guru, the go to man, especially for CBS Sports Radio on fantasy. So. Uh, so what do you got for me? Do you want to start with uh, fantasy football advice or the stardom sit of the week? Uh, let's do a little stardom sit uh, okay. because I did this 
segment on my show on CBS Sports Radio Roundup on Friday. And, you know, just kind of going through what I do is I usually break down just one player to start, one player to sit at each skill position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've added a couple couple guys that I was looking over the schedule this morning, a couple additional guys maybe you'll want to start or sit. So, if you will, we can start with the quarterback position. Uh, there's a guy I really, really like in Oakland, Derek Carr. And I was really high yeah. on this guy yep. coming into the season. You know, the, the, the talk was, hey, Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, not really sure which one to go to. More people were kind of leaning towards Blake Bortles because he put up those big numbers in Jacksonville last year, mm-hmm. and it was basically in garbage time. The Jacksonville Jaguars were so bad that he just had to throw the, the heck out of the football, basically, <laughs> and put up those what I like to call kind of garbage numbers, if you will. So I was really high on Derek Carr coming into this year, and I think he really has a good matchup this week. He's been playing extremely well to begin this season. He's going to be going up against San Diego, and get this, they just lost their top cornerback in Jason Verrett. So he's going to have all the weapons he wants available to him, whether it be Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Crabtree. We've seen him have a really strong start to this season. I'm, I'm really excited what him and Crabtree uh, were able to do last week with the three touchdowns. And Derek Carr is constantly looking for Michael Crabtree in the red zone, and that makes Amari Cooper's owners, yours truly is included in that, one of my teams, a little upset because he really hasn't been getting that touchdown production. He's kind of the guy uh, in between the 20s who will get those big catches, but then Michael Crabtree, he's almost like the vulture. He'll steal those touchdowns. So I'm looking at Derek Carr uh, this week, uh, the defense for San Diego, they're giving up at least 300 yards or multiple touchdown passes in every single game this season, so I expect that to continue with Derek Carr uh, this weekend, so if you have Derek Carr, if you're playing daily fantasy, um, please do yourself a favor and start him or go spend the money on him because I think he's going to put up another good uh, performance this year. And then the guy we're looking at to sit at the quarterback position. And this is a guy I kind of made a mistake on last week. I told you to start him and he didn't have a great game. Uh, that's Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. quarterback, obviously, of the Lions. Mm-hmm. His passing options are limited. I was looking through some of the players that are, you know, inactive or doubtful for today. And, and Eric Ebron's one of those guys who's got an ankle injury. His big tight end. I know Marvin Jones is a little banged up. Some people are saying that Golden Tate's going to have himself a really good game today. But I don't know. Everybody seems to be banged up there in Detroit. And they're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. And we know the Eagles coming into this, coming into this season, Danielle, we weren't. I don't know about you, especially as a Giant fan. You probably were looking at the Eagles like, oh, they got a rookie quarterback starting. Their defense wasn't very good last year. What are they? Poss- how can they possibly be good this year? I had the Giants. Uh, I called into uh, Sirius XM Radio, uh, the Lance Meadow show, and I, I made a great argument in the, earlier in the season that the Giants are, are going to win the NFC East. It, it doesn't look like that anymore. It really doesn't. I, I mean, I, I could, you know, I could have told you at the beginning of the season too that they look like the most talented group. And the same thing last year. On paper, they should win the NFC East. Yeah. But we've seen the Eagles come out of nowhere, and right. I guess it's really been the Chip Kelly effect, as I like to call it, because last year, you know, you've seen this guy. He tried to run that offense very up tempo. You try to get 18 plays in in one minute, and if it, if you go three and out, your defense gets worn down. And I think that was the product of what happened last year to the Eagles. This year, Doug, under Doug Peterson, they've played much better. They've been able to get into more of a tempo on offense and then on defense as well. They get those guys rested, and they're coming off a bye. And get this, the Eagles' defense, Danielle, they've allowed zero touchdown passes 
all year long. So I don't, I don't see this being a good week for Matthew Stafford. And they're fourth in the league in uh, sacks per game, and that's we know Matthew Stafford is not very good against the rush. Right. He's only completing 42% of his passes. And, of course, if you want a little extra added bonus there, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator we know is the ex-Lions head coach. This could be a statement game for Jim Schwartz as well because he knows Matthew Stafford like the back of his hand, basically. Yeah, and, and back to the NFC East. And who who would have thought having Tony Romo injured would uh, would lead to Dak Prescott and everything he's been able to accomplish? It's unbelievable. This this kid is is seems like he's legit. He's, he's a real deal. He's, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty accurate with his passes. You know, we saw a little jitterness when he first came out and played uh, the first game against the Giants. They ended up losing that game. It was a close game. Uh, if Terrence Williams would have gotten out of bounds, maybe we would be talking about something different. Maybe they would have gotten a win that game. But, yeah, Dak Prescott, he's been a, a viable fantasy option. I know he's not owned in a lot of leagues because he doesn't put up high touchdown totals. But as he continues to get more comfortable in this offense, I think he'll be able to use his athleticism, use his legs a little bit. It kind of hurts not having Dez in there. You know, he's a little banged up. So I would kind of temper your enthusiasm on going out and picking up uh, Dak Prescott, especially for this week. I mean, uh, who do they have this week? They're going up against Cincinnati. There's a couple wide receivers I'll talk about in a little bit that I kind of like in this matchup, especially if Dez doesn't play. Um, but Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. You know, they got Bontez Burfick back. Um, they're in Dallas, and I like the athleticism of Dak Prescott, but I don't see him as a strong fantasy option this right, week. Right, right, right. All right, so who do you got? Let's go with uh, let's go with the wide receiver position, now that we were just mentioning it. All right, yeah. Well, one guy, uh, the guys that I talked about on my show, I'll get to them in a minute, but since we just mentioned Dak Prescott and the wide receiver that I was looking at there, Bryce Butler I think is going to be a guy who you could possibly go and pick up and plug plug in because we know we've got a bunch of teams on buys, whether it be with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Kansas City, New Orleans. That's a lot of wide receiver depth that's on their bye week, you know, with Doug Baldwin, Javon Kurse, uh, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Jerry Macklin, Michael Thomas, uh, Brandon Cook. There's a bunch of guys that are out there. But Bryce, uh, Bryce Butler is the guy that I'm looking at in a standard league. If you have him, if you're in a standard league and you need, uh, you know, a last-minute, hey, I've got some interest, I've got some buys, uh, maybe i got some bad matchups and I need to plug somebody else in. Look to Bryce Butler. I know he hasn't really done anything this season, but this could be a game, especially if Dez is out, that he could take advantage of Drake Kirkpatrick in the secondary of the Cincinnati Bungles. Because, and I read, I do, I watched a little video on this on the sports science they did on ESPN, and he has absolutely deadly speed. He runs 21 miles per hour. He can get, get it up <laughs> that speed in 3.2 seconds, Danielle. It's, it's incredible. It's like a car. I know, it's crazy. It's probably more like my car because my car is a little older and it takes a little <laughs> while to get going. But, but um, yeah, he, he is incredibly explosive off the uh, line of scrimmage. So if you have a standard league and you're relying on touchdowns more so than receptions, I would go with a guy like Bryce Butler because he's going to create that separation for Dak Prescott to be able to hit him and throw to him 10 yards plus down the field. If you're looking at a guy, especially in this Dallas offense, that you're in a PPR league, I would kind of look towards Cole Beasley because he's just seemed to rack up the receptions in the early part of the year. He's a very good slot wide receiver, a little small little guy, uh, very shifty, kind of like Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a poor man's Julian Edelman, I'll say. <laughs> uh, but he'll get the receptions for you, and especially if Dez is there, the, the passes have to go somewhere. And I, I think 
Cole Beasley will be able to pick up those productions. Now, for my original stardom cinema that I had, I had talked about, and I heard you and your your guests previous to me talk a lot about the Giants and the Packers this game, yeah. and I'm surprised that you only think it's going to be 24-17. <laughs> I think, think it's going to be a bigger gap? Oh, my. I think it's going to be like 33-30 in this game. 33-30? Really? It's that gonna close? It's going to be a shootout. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I, I could see it being close because the Packers have a knack of getting up big and scoring a lot of points and then just kind of Mike McCarthy likes to go conservative and just kind of run the football a little bit more and we don't really try to put up too many more points so I think it's going to be a shootout in this one and then the Giants end up coming back at the end but I have Jordy Nelson as my, my starter and I, I think what a lot of people and I've listened to a lot of sports talk radio in New York and then your guest today previous one thing that a lot of people aren't realizing and this me, me being a Packer fan I do realize this mm-hmm. uh, because I follow the team very closely that the Packers, they've just been a different team at home. And I know your previous caller um, was just talking about Aaron Rodgers and how he isn't really sold on his hype. Hey, and Greg, let might... me let me just – I have someone ringing in. Let's see if I can patch you guys both through. Right, this this sure. might be a question. Yeah. Hi, you're on 60-Minute Overtime. Who's calling? How are you? My name is Chris. Chris, nice to meet you. you have a question for, for Greg for fantasy football? Um, uh, It wasn't really a fantasy question, but okay, go ahead. Um, go ahead. if you want, I can call back. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? Um, I just want to talk about like same old Jets. <laughs> it just it seems like every single year we go through this. Whether it's um, when Mangini first gets hired and it's Manginius or um, Brett Favre coming in and it's Jet Favre <laughs> or, or Rex Ryan or Mark Sanchez, and it feels like Jets fans expect something to change. Like they expect, I, I, I don't know what they expect. They, it, it's always going to be the same thing. Um, you know, I, I I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel for this team. Uh, these young D linemen are going to be, you know, coming up to get new contracts soon, mm-hmm. and um, that's the foundation of the team. Very old in key spots between the running back position, wide receiver, quarterback. There's no question. There's no answer in yeah. sight. Um, key positions on the offensive line and the secondary. Um, so uh, it's it's kind of where, where do you see a light at the end of the tunnel for the Jets if you do see one? Uh, well, that's a that's a great question because uh, a lot of the times I am a Jet fan myself, and I do sometimes scratch my head and, and think same old Jets as well. Um, I think first and foremost, I think the Jets need to, and I've I've written about this before. First, find some stability at the quarterback position because, like you said, you just mentioned a couple quarterbacks that we've had throughout not too long. Like if you look at the Giants, they've always had Eli Manning, uh, and before that, it was years of Collins. Well, yeah, a blip of carry of um, Warner, right? But right. I mean, still, when was the last time the Giants had a bad quarterback? You have to go back into the nineties, right? Exactly, right. And then, and you look at the Packers with Rodgers and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, although you know, I think confidence also exudes from the quarterback position too, because having not by not having a um, a franchise quarterback, so to speak, I think the Jets are, are kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, because of the confidence that it exudes as well. Because, listen, we have Fitzpatrick signed him for $12 million through one year. What happens next year? Do we have mm-hmm. – there's people already calling for Geno Smith to start. Bryce Petty's injured. We drafted another quarterback for some strange reason in this most recent draft. So I just I just don't know what, what the thought process is. I mean, if you look on paper, the defensive line this year looks great. Um, great. As good as any defensive line right, I've ever looked. right. 
Exactly. So then, and then you well, Eric Decker's out with an injury. He's gonna he's not playing today. But you look at Brandon Marshall, who's who's you know arguably a future Hall of Famer playing on the Jets right now. You, Eric Decker, you have you know they, he has weapons. The thing that the Jets Forte. don't have Forte, the thing that the de- the Jets don't have is a tight end. They don't have right, a tight but, end. But historically, the offensive coordinator hasn't really used tight ends mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. significantly in the offense. No, so I it's agree. almost like the who's the undrafted kid, uh, Numa. Almost kind of yep. fills that role, yep. that tight end sort yep. of uh, the, the the route tree. When was the last? Because we just mentioned Hackenberg, um, yeah, and Gino. Uh, when was the last time the Jets hit on a second round pick? I can let me if you want. I can Google it real quick. It, it, it was it's David Harris. It's been forever. I mean, and before him, uh, I don't even know. Uh, I think you have to go back to the Parcells regime right, right. to find a second, a decent second round pick that the Jets hit on. I mean. Right. So uh, to expect anything out of Gino or Hackenberg, and the presence of Hackenberg almost sets them back further. I agree. I agree. Now all of a sudden you have to let this kid develop. You have to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many more veterans are you going to burn through before you realize that he's not the answer? Right. And so then, and then did you hear the latest? That uh, latest rumor has it that when Tony Romo is ready to leave Dallas, he's going to come to the Jets. Did you hear that? That's it, like it, that, that's it's like repeating itself. Yeah, Brett Favre two point oh. I agree. I, I yeah. think. Yep. Yeah, even worse almost because, I mean, Favre wasn't the same type of injury concern that, that Romo is. Right, right. With that being said, a healthy Romo on this roster is definitely a Super Bowl challenge type team. Right. But that herein lies the problem. Well, the healthy Romo part is, <laughs> yeah. you know, the you know, you gotta, you, the only way you find him that is Madden with injuries turned off. So, yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's not not uh, not very nice. Where where um, I don't know if you have any time, but uh, where where do you think um, if you follow college football, um, the local kid from Paramus Catholic, oh, Jabril Peppers. Peppers. Where do you think he ends up going in the draft? You know, I watched him. I, I you know, it, it, I, as I was preparing for my show last night, I did have that game on in the background. So uh, because that he's from Paramus Catholic, he's from from around here, and um, I saw him. Bust out a 63-yard run, and then I think the next play or, or next drive was a touchdown run. I think he's got explosive speed, and I'm not just saying that because he's from Paramus right here. No, of course. But yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I see him going. I haven't really studied which teams are in need of a running back. But first thought comes to my mind is the New York the, Giants. You see, you see him as a running back. I do. I do see him as a running back. Yes. Okay. I, I had always kind of thought. First of all, we haven't had a player like him in the league since at least Bo Sanders. And you might have to go further back to, like, to Jim Thorpe. I mean, when have you seen a guy who plays safety, cornerback, linebacker, kick return, wide receiver, wildcat quarterback, yeah, yeah. running back? I yep. mean, it's, I think he's kind of a safety myself. A safety? Hmm. I, I think what he brings to a defense is, I mean, a guy who can cover a tight end, he could cover a number one wide receiver, um, he can he blitz strong and run coverage. Um, he's like almost like one of those. I, I feel like maybe like a safety line, like a box safety type um, that that has extreme coverage skills. And uh, of course, I don't want to compare him to Lawrence Taylor or Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah. But um, just the way I think he would disrupt an offense. Uh, you know, you always have to account for him on you know. Is he going to blitz? I mean, if he blitzes, you have to have something lined up. You know, I mean, he could. I think he could take out a number one wide receiver. Uh, the, uh, he's a tremendous threat. Well, I just looked up as you were talking. Uh, Jabril Peppers, he's uh, 6'1", 207. Yep. And then yep. first safety that came to my mind was uh, Devin McCourty, Patriots. He's 5'10", 195. So, I mean, they are similar in build. 
Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know too much about. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't really know too much about it. I haven't really followed them too much. But just going off of what I've seen last night, um, he's a tremendous offensive yeah. weapon as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I prefer him on the offense, but I haven't seen him play defense, so I don't want. Before he's another local guy. Yeah. Yep. St. Joe's. Great guy. Yeah, I've uh, I've met him. He's a great guy. So. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, it, all right. When is this? This shows every Sunday for on this, this time. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's every Sunday from eleven to twelve. Only next weekend. I was gonna say it. Next weekend, I'm gonna be working with uh, the Squadra Italia, Team Italy, down in Washington D.C. But every other every other weekend, it's gonna be yes. Seven Sundays, eleven to twelve. Yes. Tremendous. Good luck. All right. Thank great you so job. much. Thanks for the call. Take You're care. great. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was cool. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm not used to getting uh, such great callers like that. <laughs> All right, Greg. So, uh, okay, where were we? We're our receivers, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. I forget exactly where we were. We don't know. So I was talking about the Packers and, right. and, and the Jimmy offense. Nelson. and Yeah, and one thing uh, that people tend to forget about the Packers is, um, especially last year, you know, because, you know, they didn't have Jordy Nelson all year. And Rodgers and the Packers, they, they typically play a lot better at home than they do on the road. So I, I don't think that's been mentioned enough in this matchup. But I think that's why there's going to be a bunch of points scored. Uh, especially because the Packers have secondary problems. I know you've mentioned it in the show earlier. You know, Sam Shields is out. Uh, Demarius Randall, he's questionable right now for the Packers. Eli Apple's banged up. DRC for the Giants is banged up. So uh, I think it's just going to be a field day for any and all wide receivers and skill <laughs> position players in this matchup with the Giants and the Packers, whether you have Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm a little afraid as a, as a Packer fan because there's been so much scrutiny about Odell Beckham Jr. And you, you know when there's a superstar player and they come under scrutiny, mm-hmm. they go out there with a fire under their butt and they play like they play, they play insane yeah. the, the next week. So I'm a little, as a Packer fan, I'm a little worried about Odell Beckham Jr. today because I don't think we're going to be able to cover him. Uh, that could be a big-time problem. So, But I went with Jordy Nelson in this one. Mm-hmm. The Packers, they're coming off a bye. They're typically better coming off a bye with Mike McCarthy, and they're at home. With, and, and Jordy's going to be at home for the first time since 2014. That home cooking is going to do him well. Uh, him and Rodgers. Uh, they've been money good at home. I think they'll be in sync in this matchup. They had that extra week. You know, a lot of people, and I mentioned this on my show, don't like when they have an early bye. I'm sure the Packers didn't like it either, but yeah. I think this came at a good time because their defense had been banged up early, like we mentioned, Sam Shields, Marius Randall, uh, Clay Matthews was out the week before, Morgan Burnett was out, the safety was out the, the week before as well. Um, and that just gave Jordan Nelson and Aaron Rodgers maybe an extra week to work on some things because they just seemed a little out of sync uh, in the first couple games of the season. So I think this is going to be good for Jordy Nelson. And a guy that I'm going to sit in this matchup all right, for this week, mm-hmm. and your audience may be a little surprised at this, but I have some good facts to back it up. And I'm doing this personally on my own team, one of my own teams. I, I'm not just saying it just to Uh-oh. kind of go big. out on a limb. This, this is, is big. big. DeAndre Hopkins. What? I'm saying keep him on your bench this week because if just look at the past the past record. They're going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Xavier Rhodes is a top level cornerback and he is tall, he's physical, he has good length, he's already shut out Kelvin Benjamin, left him with no catches, no yards, nothing. Then he is you know, being a Giant fan, you know last week, you saw what he did to Odell Beckham Jr., and then the week before that, or two weeks before that, he kind of helped shut down Jordy Nelson a little bit. So I just think in this matchup, DeAndre Hopkins, and you look at the quarterbacks that were throwing the ball. You had Eli Manning. I know he's having a great year, but 
still Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton. You got Brock Osweiler going into Minnesota in this matchup. He was shaky in a, in a big spot in New England already this year where they didn't put up any points. And DeAndre Hopkins was a disappointment. So I'm kind of following that same blueprint. And I just don't see good numbers being put up, if any, by DeAndre Hopkins in this matchup. I know they're probably going to try to get him going, mm-hmm. but Xavier Rhodes is going to make it extremely difficult for him. Wow, that, that's a bold prediction there. Yeah, I'm going out on a limb on that one. All right, let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right, now you got um, running backs up next. Yes, let's go to the running backs. Um, and I'm going to stick with the Packers-Giants matchup for my star. And I, you may think I'm being biased here, but, you know, Eddie Lacy, he's a typically slow starter in his career. Like I had mentioned, I keep harping on this. He's at home and the Giants. They're a traveling team on a short week. They had that Monday night football game where they got beat up yep. against the uh, the Vikings, just kind of worn down. You know, they didn't get... They didn't get beat badly, but I just saw that throughout the entirety of that game, the Giants defense just getting kind of worn down and worn down and worn down. And I know they weren't even facing Adrian Peterson. It was Jerick McKinnon and Matt Asiata. Uh, and in the last two weeks, the Giants defense has given up 90-plus yards a game and two scores to running backs. Like I said, coming off a bye, they're at home. And typically, historically, Freddie Lacey, his first three years in the league, He's averaged 87 yards a game and two touchdowns and a four out of 4.4 yards per clip there per touch in the three games he's coming off of high. And I promise, fantasy owners, I did this on my show too, I promise you the touchdown is coming. And I think it's going to be in this game. I think they're going to get in a short yardage situation. He'll be able to bowl into the end zone at some point. So what I, when I say, when I talk about Eddie Lacy, I like to talk about patience is a virtue, the old saying, because He's been kind of frustrating. I know I have him on one of my teams. I kept him, and I don't know why I did it, because he's been frustrating me this this, this entire season. Um, but I think he'll get into the end zone. I think he'll he'll play well this weekend. And the guy that I'm looking at sitting this week mm-hmm. is the Eagles running back, Ryan Matthews. I wasn't high on this guy. I haven't been high on this guy since he was with the Chargers. He really hasn't played a full season in his career, basically. I think there was one time where he played in 14 of uh, 16 games. I think that was the closest he's gotten. Uh, Doug Peterson has come out this week and said, you know, he's still our primary guy. He's dealing with some ankle soreness, Daniel. And, and what happens when you run on a sore ankle? Well, you're not as effective. You can't cut. You can't, you can't do much. Exactly. It continues to get sore. Um, so if you're running on a sore ankle, that's not going to be good. I don't think he'll, he'll be able to rush the entire game. Uh, I'm looking at Darren Sproles to be in a larger role in this offense, especially in the passing game. And then look out for Wendell Smallwood in the backfield. He is explosive back there. And uh, I think he'll get, if Ryan Matthews can't finish this game or is feeling a little banged up, I think Wendell Smallwood will be a guy to look out for in this matchup. No, I just uh, looked up as you were talking. Detroit Lions, we'll go back to that. Detroit has allowed <clears throat> rushing yards per game average 114.5. So, um, I don't, I, and I can't really right now compare that to the, you know, the running back of the Eagles, but I wonder, because it's they're ranked where are they? They're ranked 22nd out of 32 teams, yeah. so they don't defend against the, the run too, too well. They don't, but the problem in this matchup is, like I mentioned, I think Brian Matthews is, is banged up still, and I, I just don't know how much production he's going to be on the field for. If he's on the, he gets 10 carries, I don't know if he's going to be able to make the most out of them. Uh, we've seen a, a healthy one of Smallwood before the bye. I know it's people, they, they have short memories where they just think back at the last week, oh, I didn't see Smallwood play, he was on a bye. I kind of forget about it. But I think this is a guy, especially if Matthews is feeling a little ginger, I think one of Smallwood will end up getting most of the production instead of Ryan Matthews. Mm. 
Okay. So sometimes you have to stay away from those big names. Right, right. You know what? And I, I also, because I play sometimes the, the daily fantasy games, yeah. I, I'm surprised you have uh, Lacey and, and uh, Jordy Nelson on, on the same team because I'm always leery because, you know, if the Giants shock the, the Packers somehow tonight, then your production is like nothing. <laughs> I always, I'm always leery about picking two guys on the same team See, on yeah, my team. That's one of the strategies employed in um, in daily fantasy because if you you get a team that you think is going to have good good offensive production, and then whether they don't. it be well, no, no, I'm saying if they do, you know, you hit it big. Oh, yeah. yeah, if they don't, you're you're screwed, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the strategies. That's a risk you have to take. If you think one team is going to be able to go off against another, yeah. you stack up your lineup with an Aaron Rodgers, a Jordy Nelson, maybe a Randall Cobb. Right. Maybe you, you maybe you uh, you need a, a low end. Option Richard Rogers, Jared Cook going to be out for a little while. The, the most over hyped tight end in the entire league the last couple of years, Jared Cook. I hate that guy. He is oh, he's so frustrating to watch. Like I've I've had him on my fantasy teams in the past when he was on the Rams in a bad offense, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe in a good offense now with the Packers, he might be able to do something. He really hasn't done much, and now he's hurt. You know, Richard Rogers, he's been a viable uh, red zone target if you have if you want to stack or if you're looking for a tight end with a guy on a buy. I would look to this matchup again. You have Will Ty, who's filling in for Larry Donnell, mm-hmm. and you have Richard Rodgers, who's going to be playing solely at the tight end position instead of uh, the, the hurt Jared Cook. So if you stack up players, whether it be you stack all Giants because you think they're going to go off offensively, or if you stack up Packers, that's just, yeah, it's it's a risk you have to take, you know, with the daily fantasy right. where, you know, you could get screwed and you could end up with, not a lot of points, <laughs> or you could hit it big, and yep. you could get yourself into the top 100 to make some good money. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to doing it. Most of the time, I like to pick different players from different teams, like you'd mentioned. But if there's a matchup that I really like, and I do this week, whether it be with the Packers or the Giants, whichever way you want to go, I think a lot of points are going to be scored against two defenses defenses that are hurting a little bit. Great. So, all right. So, what do we have left uh, for fantasy in terms of positions? Uh, well, just tight ends quick. I mean, okay. I, I didn't really do too much tight ends. I don't really spend too much time on tight ends because they're so ebb and flow. Um, and I mentioned a couple guys here, Richard Rogers, Will Ty. Those are two guys I'm looking at this week. Mm-hmm. I had just helped a guy out last night. I met at the bar, actually, and um, he had Jesse James, the tight end for the the Steelers in there. And I and I looked on the waiver wire for him, and I, and I found Cameron Brayton, who's become more of a target in this Tampa Bay offense. I really like him, especially since they – Shipped off Austin Safarian Jenkins to the Jets, and now you guys were you and the last caller Chris were just talking about it. They don't really utilize the tight end, but they haven't. Right. But they really haven't had a good tight end. You know, we talked about Jason Morrow on my show last weekend. Yep. Austin Safarian Jenkins, I think he's going to come into this offense. He had a week last week where he didn't play, but he was you know preparing, he was watching, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I kind of I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting himself in the end zone this week uh, for the Jets because the Jets don't have a a tight end with a reception on that roster. Yep. So I think that this is a new toy for Chan Gailey to kind of play with in his offense, especially with Eric Decker out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quincy Noonwell's kind of banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be an, an option for you at tight end as well. Cool. All right, so uh, we have, um, I guess the, the lock of the week is up. I, ha- I was taking some notes as you were talking. So I'll, I have it all written down. Who is your lock of the week? For a player or you want to talk team? Team. Team? Oh boy, I, I I took him in my survivor pool, this this one that I'm helping this girl with, and, and I've got to stick with New England because anybody going up against Cleveland has a great shot, and uh, Tom Brady's coming back, and I know they're in Cleveland, but this is the time. You know, i I got to go with New England in this one. I know Julian Edelman's a little bit banged up, 
you know, if fantasy wise, if he is and he doesn't play, look for Chris Hogan. Go pick him up quickly or get him on your daily fantasy lineup. Local guy Brian, here too. Exactly, that's right. Gronkowski, he should be better with Tom Brady. Hopefully, that'll kind of get him going a little bit. And I also like Martellus Bennett in this matchup because we saw with him and Aaron Hernandez, they paired up in a good two tight end situation. Yeah, so you know, I, I, that, well, I told you on the other night. My strategy is to kind of sort of pick the mediocre teams and then yep. save all the good teams to the end. So yep. I'm going to save the Patriots because you know I'm sure Tom Brady's going to come back with a vengeance. I'm sure he is, but I'm not willing to bet on that because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think I just saw on, on TMZ Sports he was just in Italy like last week vacationing. So oh yeah, tanning his ass or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not really sure. I, I'm not willing. I just want to see him come back for one game first. Maybe there will be some rust. Who knows? So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave the Patriots alone this week. And I don't know how. I mean, the Browns have lost games, but they've all been real close. I mean, because I've been betting against them pretty much the whole the whole time. You know, the the comeback. Uh, the Ravens had a comeback. The final score is twenty two twenty. It was like it was twenty nothing in the third quarter. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to be out. <laughs> so uh, you know, there's just a lot of close game for the Browns. I'm not saying this game is going to be close. I'm just saying I'm not willing yeah. to bet on that game. Yeah. Um, but I was torn. And, and when you first came on. I'm starting to second guess myself, but I did pick the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers this week. Um, you know, I don't know, but when you came on and you said the first thing you said was Derek Carr, Oakland was my second choice. I, ha- yeah. I did have Oakland too, but again, the Chargers have played all close games as well. They have, they have. So, they're, they're always a they're always a tricky bunch to pick against I know. because you never you can never go against Philip Rivers, but that defense in San Diego, man, it, it's just oh. It's and Oakland's so bad. home. I always like to pick the home teams. Oakland exactly. is home, and so is yep. Pittsburgh. So. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what to do. I. I don't know. If I were you, I would go with Oakland, and and and, and this is the reason why. And, I, and this may be completely different, but I talked about this on my show when I was picking the games um, on Friday. Just something about the Jets in Pittsburgh. I remember two years ago where Ben Roethlisberger had thrown five touchdown passes in two. Two consecutive games, that offense was flying high, and they were coming in to face the Jets. Oh, and I was remember, at that game. Were you? And then the there. Jets ended up beating them, yep. right? With, yep. I believe it was with Michael Vick? Yep, I was there. Yep. Yeah, Jets and won. it shocked everybody. Yep. So I actually picked the Jets in this game just because I, I was harping on that that past experience. And, um, you know, so I, I just don't know. I Sometimes the Steelers, Steelers show up, and sometimes they lay, lay an egg against the Jets, and the Jets are desperate. They need this game. Todd mm-hmm. Bowles knows he needs this game. Yeah. And yeah, you know the only reason why I remember that I was at that game is because I went with a bunch of Steelers fans. So ah, there you go. You were riding high that day. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> that was <laughs> leaving the stadium. Oh yeah, there was a lot of yellow oh, there yeah. too. A lot of terrible towels at that stadium. Oh, of that course. Day. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you know what? I, I think I might switch because my first inkling was to pick the Raiders, and then I switched to Pittsburgh, and then I think I might go back to the Raiders. Yeah, I, I, so. I mean, I would go with the Raiders. That's I, I love Derek Carr in this matchup, and. I'm really down on the uh, the San Diego defense. And I've talked to a couple play- two players from the when they played on the Chargers. Well, Sean Lissamore, I went to high school with. He's a defensive lineman. Um, oh. Him, I talked with him, and I spoke with Kendall Reyes. Um, oh, nice. And I, I, you know, I said like, what is like the one game that you just you don't look forward to playing? And he was like, when we play in Oakland. They both said, when we play in Oakland, we don't really enjoy playing there. So Nobody likes playing in the black hole. It's, I know. Like, it's, it's tough to play in the, the, the black hole. It's tough to play in Lambeau during the winter when it's freezing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's tough to play in Arrowhead. I think those are three of the toughest places to go and play. Now Minnesota's yep. looking like that place where nobody wants to go play. Yep. I just, yep. All right. So uh, any, any last thoughts? Any, anything you want to add? 
Well, uh, do we have a minute here? I mean, I could go through. I, I thought you were done at 12. Do we? Is that like a hard hit, or can no, we go no, like we a couple can, extra minutes? A couple minutes, fine. Okay, cool. Let me just run down quick just the some of the players that are uh, inactive this week and maybe a couple guys that you could look to pick up instead of those guys uh, that can help out and who might have an uptick in production. Uh, we've seen Dante Moncrief has been out. He's going to be out for a little while longer. If you don't have Phillips or Seth on your roster, go get him because he's been a good part of this offense for the Colts. We know Eric Decker's out. We already talked about having uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins possibly coming in. And then, of course, let me see. I had somebody else written down here, too, uh, for the Jets. I was listening to a podcast earlier before. And Roby Anderson is a guy that I also wanted to point out, especially if Anunwa can't go. And I know Jalen Marshall was a little banged up for the Jets as well. Yeah. Roby Anderson might be a guy who you might want to keep an eye on, uh, maybe a low-cost option in, in daily fantasy or if you're in deep, deep fantasy leagues, season-long leagues, he might be a guy that you want to look towards as well. Latavius Murray's out this week for the Oakland Raiders. We were just talking about the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeAndre Washington's going to be a guy to look at. Uh, our, yeah, and um, Richardson is also another guy. Those guys are kind of splitting carries, but a lot of people are high on Washington out there in Oakland. I think he'll be good. We talked about Larry Donnell, who's out, Will Ty, and then Jared Cook with Richard Rodgers. And then a couple of guys who are questionable. We had mentioned Julian Edelman. If he's going to be out, go get Chris Hogan, that local product. Um, If you have Gronkowski, I'd say play him. I'm going to play him this week in my league. Uh, He's been very disappointing the first two weeks he's played, but that was with Jacoby Brissett. He's going to have Tom Brady back, and those two guys are in sync. And even if Gronk can't run those long patterns and those long pass patterns, at least you'll be able to maybe get a little bit more comfortable with a guy who he knows can pass the ball a little bit well, uh, better. And uh, in the red zone, he may end up getting himself into the uh, the end zone. And Bennett has been really good for the Patriots so far this year. I think he'll he'll play well with Tom Brady today, especially against uh, the Cleveland's defense, who's pretty banged up. Um, Arian Foster, he's pretty doubtful. You know, you look at Jay Jai, who's who's probably going to be there, but I don't really like any of the Miami running backs. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can avoid them, do so. Uh, Marvin Jones, like we talked about, he's been a little banged up, but I don't really like anybody against this Philly secondary. They're they're pretty strong on defense there. Um, if you have Legarrette Blunt, he's going to play. I heard, but I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would go with him and, and roll him out. If you have somebody that might be a little bit of a, a better option. I might go with him over LeGarrette Blunt because he's got the hip injury. I'm thinking if the Patriots get up to a sizable lead in this one, they might just pull him and then just put James White in to let play most of the time. So I'm tempering my enthusiasm on Blunt. Uh, Kenneth Dixon, the running back for the rookie running back for the Ravens. I like him. He's questionable though today with a knee. Terrence West, we saw he'll start. He had a very good game last week, but when Kenneth Dixon is fully healthy, this is a guy that you could just go pick up off the waiver wire. And, and I, I talked a little bit about him on my show. Just kind of stash him on your bench because, you know, Justin Forsett got released from the Ravens. Uh, he's a guy that you kind of look at the stash. He may end up giving you wide receiver, excuse me, running back to production out of that spot because he may overtake Terrence West because we really know what Terrence West is. I don't think he's going to be he's – he's nothing to write home about. Um, and then, like I mentioned, Roby Anderson as well will be a guy to look at. Uh, Des Bryant in the 4 p.m. games. I like Mike, or, uh, Cole Beasley with the PPR. Bryce Butler with the standard. Antonio Gates is another guy who's got a bulky hamstring. Talking about that Oakland Raider-San Diego Charger matchup. Yeah. I think he'll be on a pinch count. A pitch count. 
won't be able to play. He won't play that much. I think he'll, you know, pick his spots. But Hunter Henry is a guy that I, I spotlighted in my CBS Sports Radio article this week as a guy to pick up. And then uh, the, we have some other tight ends. Virgil Green uh, for the Denver Broncos. He's expected to play, but he's going to be a game-time decision with a calf injury. And we know Paxton Lynch is going to be starting for the Broncos today. Clive Walford, he's got a knee problem. Charles Clay, they've got a knee problem. I think Walford's going to play. I'm not 100% sure about Clay. So those are just a couple guys to keep a keep an eye on fantasy football wise, and uh, and just make sure you you really look out for those guys before game time, and you have a backup plan and don't get stuck, so to speak, with your pants down, you know, with these guys in your lineup, and oh no, they're inactive, and I don't have right, right. anybody to to play instead right. of them, you know. Right. All right. So, uh, Greg, just give uh, give everybody a shout out where they can find you, where they can find your work. So I'm uh, CBS Sports Radio Roundup, like Danielle mentioned. Um, that's Monday through Friday, and I'm usually you can find me in the middays, uh, 10 until 2 p.m. It's on RadioRoundup.com, and then you can find us on Twitter at Sports Talk CBS. And you can also go to the Radio.com mobile app if you'd like, and you can download us. And it's for free. Just search CBS Sports Radio Roundup, and you can take us on the go wherever your day may take you. And then, of course, on the word at the word with G. On Facebook, just type that in right to the search bar. I, I post all my stuff that I do up there, my fantasy football videos, uh, the audio that we do, Danielle and I's interview that we had uh, last week is up there. It's a lot of good stuff, uh, a lot of good information. Um, also, my personal Twitter, if you'd like to get at me, it's at glarn34, G-L-A-R-N-34. Danielle and I have been tagging each other back and forth in posts, just getting excited for this fantasy football yep. talk today. Yep. Uh, so you can find me on all those platforms, and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to doing a lot of good stuff. And I also write a fantasy football article every week um, about waiver wire pickups, and you can find that on Sports Radio, uh, CBS Sports Radio, uh, CBS Sports Radio. There you go. <laughs> Man of uh, many many uh, avenues here. So. Yeah, there's yeah there's plenty of plenty of uh, spots to find me. Uh, all right, well, Greg, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to come on and talk. Enlighten the fans, drop some knowledge bombs, as we like to say on, right. on, on a lot of these people. So um, I'd love to have you back on. This, this was great. Of course, anytime, Danielle. You know that anytime I'm available. Uh, I love talking fantasy, and um, I hope uh, I drop some knowledge bombs on some of your listeners, and hopefully we uh, we provide some good help and some good insight. Uh, so people can make some smart fantasy football decisions because that's what it's all about. And I, and here's the disclaimer: he or I are not responsible for, for a loss. <laughs> there you go. No, no, we can only we can only lead you to the water. We can't make you drink. That's true. Basically, that is true. All right, Greg, have a great day. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'll let you know. Either Ra- uh, Raiders or uh, Steelers, I'll let you know. Definitely, let me know. Either way, I'll be rooting for you. Have a great day, Danielle. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Too. Bye. Well, when you talk about people that know what they're talking about, Greg Larner, he, he is one of those guys. So, uh, I mean, ha- he knows about injuries of guys that people are, are haven't really heard of. So, um, so obviously, he, he's very well researched, and uh, I, I might go with the Raiders today. So, we'll see what happens. So, I'm um, just kind of wrapping up because we, we went over just a little bit, which is fine, but uh, the Jets are playing at 1 o'clock at the Steelers at 1 o'clock. I want to try and get home to see that on CBS. The 1 p.m. forecast there is partly cloudy, 58 degrees, winds 8 miles an hour, which is which is not uh, a huge deal. Uh, what else do we got? MLB playoffs real quickly. Mets lost a heartbreaker the other day in the wild card round. Uh, Syndergaard pitched his heart out in a loss to San Francisco Giants ace Madison Bumgarner. Uh, the only runs of the 3 nothing game came at the top of the ninth inning off closer Yuris Familia. 
Connor Gillespie of the Giants did hit that home run, and the Mets couldn't really rebound in the bottom of the ninth. So, uh, you know, but the Mets were a team decimated by injury. Who knows what next year is going to bring for the Mets? Uh, the rumor, early reports, and someone was asking me on Periscope just before as we were talking, uh, what happens if Yuenis Cespedes is not a Met next year? And uh, report the early reports are that he will not be back in the orange and blue. I don't know what happens. He's a big bat to fill. I think the Mets need to then go out and, and see if they can fill the void. Uh, Jay Bruce was not the answer. He did not pan out this year. Uh, they, they expected him to, to play well, and he just didn't. Um, so what do we got? We got uh, today's games for the MLB postseason. 108, we have the Dodgers taking on the Nationals, and I'm wearing my Nationals cap today for those of you guys watching on Periscope. The next game after that is going to be 4.08 p.m., the Indians and the Red Sox. That might be that is my game to watch for sure. The Red Sox are down uh, two games in the series. The Indians have been the favorite all year. Vegas favorite. Vegas odds throughout the whole entire season. They are up on the Red Sox. Not because I'm a Yankee fan, but um, I had money on the Mets winning the World Series, and the Red Sox were going to be my second choice. So hopefully they do lose. <laughs> and then uh, game three tonight of the MLB postseason, 7:38 p.m. We're going with the eights on the eights. Uh, the Rangers are taking on the Blue Jays. And if you look, we got two uh, AL East teams in the playoffs. That's the division that the Yankees play in. So out of the four teams, two of them, and, and also the Orioles didn't make the wild card game too. So three out of the four teams in the AL East did make the playoffs. And, and we can talk maybe next week or maybe next time about this, you know, strength of divisions. And, and I have a lot to say about the, the, the uh, Houston Texans down there in, in the I think it's the AFC South. They are playing, you know, they made the playoffs last year with a 9-7 and seven record. And then you have the Jets, were, I think, 10-6, and six, whatever they were, who didn't make the playoffs and who have to play the Patriots twice a year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I'm seeing that again uh, in, the, in the MLB uh, postseason picture. What else? What else do we got? Uh, NFL teams can be fined for posting video under the social media policy. Begins Wednesday. They are not allowed to periscope, which I am, have been doing the entire hour and 13 minutes I've been on the air. They cannot periscope or Facebook live from the stadium, and that's uh, in an effort for NFL to control what gets put out there. They also cannot create, I, and I always call them GIFs, G-I-F. People call them GIFs. They cannot create GIFs or GIFs of any of the highlights from those games. So uh, just to, to shadow back to Friday night and the Jets, I attended an event Friday night with uh, Project 375. It was a ping pong tournament, Brandon Marshall's paddle battle, and it was raised to raise money for Project 375, which their mission statement is pa to passionately dedicated to eradicating the stigma surrounding mental health by raising awareness and improving care for those in need. Uh, Brandon Marshall talked a lot about going into schools and, and, and doing preventative um preventative measures and here I'm going to play you guys my 2 minute 48 second interview with a uh, Jets running back Matt Forte who uh, who once was a bear and now he is a Jet and uh, he was a uh, uh, played in Chicago with Brandon Marshall he talks about that so without any further ado here is uh, me Danielle McCartan interviewing Matt Forte from the green carpet of Brandon Marshall's Project 375 event. I'm Danielle McCartan here at Jets running back Matt Forte. We're at Project 375. What does it mean to come out and uh, support your teammate, Brandon Marshall? Oh, it means a lot. You know, Brandon uh, obviously is, uh, is big in the community and uh, as well as myself. And, you know, we all support each other, whether it's on the field or off the field. So what, what charity do you have going? Uh, my charity is, uh, I don't want to, 
Yeah, you know, I think it's my sure. share yeah. yeah. events, but yeah. uh, it's uh, What's Your Forte uh, Foundation, where we help at-risk youth uh, get scholarships and, you know, see them through school, make sure they get good grades and get to you, continue their education. Very cool. So I heard uh, Brandon was just talking before how uh, you guys have intense ping-pong battles. And he said he's the reigning champion, I believe. Nah, I beg to differ. Actually, the reigning champion is Eric Decker. Okay. Uh, Brandon came in second place. Um, but when we were in Chicago, yes, we had a lot of intense uh, battles. I think I won most of those. Okay. So uh, tonight, I'm going to have to challenge him again. He said you messed him up. You were yelling in his ear. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't yelling. <laughs> See, he likes to say that. But when you make excuses, you know what really happened. That's true. It's true. So what is it like reuniting with him here in New York after you know playing in Chicago? It's great to have a a friend and a, uh, a friend off the field to right, reunite, reunite uh, on the field, and uh, especially in the locker room as well. So you guys, uh, you recently said the Jets are out of sync. What is it going to take for them to be back on track? Uh, just a lot of hard work during practice and, and getting on the same page. And yeah. um, a lot of the mistakes that we made you know, in the games, the key is to not make those mistakes going forward. And you're adding another dimension to the offense by being you know, a target also as a, as a receiver. Uh, you've been targeted 11, uh, you have 11 receptions, 83 yards this year. How does your presence affect the opposing defense? You know, well, they have to prepare for you in the running game and the passing game as well. So you know, that's the thing that I try to do is you know, affect the game. You know, when you can do that, it obviously uh, puts a lot of stress on the defense to cover everybody. Right. Now, are, are you worried about overuse? Yeah, Probably not, right? No, no, I've never been. I've been asked that question my entire career, and it's yeah. always the same answer. I couldn't care less about, you know, being overused and all this other stuff. That's why you prepare for the game. Yeah, I love that. I love to hear that. Now, if my final question, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but Revis, zero interceptions, zero passes defended, and quarterbacks are completing 81% against him this year. Is he still elite? Is it still? Is Revis Island still open for business? Definitely, definitely still elite. You know, he's you're, you're an elite player like you know Darrell. It doesn't just he doesn't just you know fall off like that, so to speak. You know, at, at cornerback, you know, it's a tough position. You, he's been facing you know a lot of good receivers as well. I mean, they get paid too, and so people are going to have success sometimes on you. And um, you know, I know he has the mental capability as well as the physical capability to come back from that. Great. Okay, I'm Daniel McCartan. This is Matt Forte. Thank you very much. Have fun. See you in there. So that was my interview with Matt Forte. Obviously, he is in the camp that Darrell Revis is, in fact, still an elite cornerback. The stats say otherwise, and um, a lot of the fans are starting to say otherwise now. Uh, we'll see We'll see how he stacks up. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure, if actually, if he's even playing today against Antonio Brown. Uh, the early reports is that he wasn't. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to check the injury reports for today. Uh, but... I did also, and we talked about the Steelers and the Raiders, and, and Brandon Marshall in the interview said that he and the Jets have had the best practice since he's been there. And he called it a championship practice, which makes me a little bit nervous now to, to pick the Steelers. But uh, here's my question to Brandon Marshall about um, the production of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, he uh, he was taken a little aback, but you'll hear. Is there a level of uh, frustration building? Um, Fitzpatrick has the most interceptions in the, in the league. But he has one of the best um, times to throw the ball. He's protecting the pocket pretty well. Where does the breakdown occur? And is there you frustration? Sound, you sound like you're on like NFL today. Uh, like with that question, like yeah, you're getting ready. Huh? I am. Yeah. You're getting ready. That was a good yeah. question. Thank you. you know what? Um, we, we we're comfortable where we're at. You know, where I it, we're the good thing about when you go through you know uh, games like this, you're battle tested if you can come out on the other end. So we'll right. be fine come Sunday. And then he'll be here. Yeah. For ping pong. 
so you can get on them a little bit for throwing a, a pick or two. <laughs> so ping pong is a is a pretty it, uh... ping pong is big in our in our locker room. It's okay. big, so and and apparently it's big uh, in New York too because there's a lot of people that uh, supported us and came out. So we're excited. Um, we raised a lot of money already, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, our goal this year is to be able to reach 45,000 students here in New York alone. And that's just athletes that we're starting with. And also being able to implement um, our, our, our mental health first aid training for our teachers, our staff, and our parents. So that's going to be huge for our community. We always got to remember that our youth become adults. And our adults are our leaders of our world, you know. And uh, we need a healthier world, especially given, you know, the environment now. It's, uh, it's, it's really unhealthy. Well, I'm a teacher by day, so I just oh, want to—I so want to thank you. Yeah, I just so want to thank you for your work. Yeah. yeah, thank you for your work. So uh, that was kind of cool, uh, Brandon Marshall. Then later on, like after the interviews are kind of over, he—he uh, he again, I asked him another question later. He, he did call me NFL today again. <laughs> um, and I think uh, I think this is the audio right here. If I could pull this up quickly for you guys. No more Odell. No more Odell. You got it. We'll ask him. We are piling on at this point, right? <laughs> we need to leave Odell alone. He'll be fine. There you go, Giant fans. He'll be fine. No, I am not. I am not afraid to ask the tough questions. That's for sure. So uh, that that's uh, me, Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall. I also interviewed on the red carpet there one-on-one with um, Amani Toomer. I'll have that for you guys next time. Amani Toomer, it was great. He's uh, doing some work with NBC Sports Radio, which is uh, up and coming, I, I believe. I just want to thank you guys that have been so interactive on Periscope today. Last week uh, was not so much. We did not have much interaction on Periscope, so today was great. I, I think even a caller called in from Periscope, which is great. I, I put the phone number up on there. Uh, we had some great callers today. We had Art Stapleton. Just to recap, we had Art Stapleton, who is the Giants beat reporter for the record and for USA Today Network. Uh, we had Greg Larnard, who is the host of CBS Sports Radio Roundup, uh, among many different things. Uh, obviously, as you heard, uh, he dropped some fantasy football knowledge on, on everybody here. Uh, even making me second guess my uh, my pick this week, and uh, and he's great, informative, and then we had some great callers, Randy Zelia, and I and I never caught the name of of the other guy that did call in, so it seems as though he he'll be a, a repeat customer, if, if if you will, and and I hope that he is. As far as next week, next Sunday, I will not be on the air. I'm trying to find the date of the Sunday after the Sunday after. Was it the 22nd? I'm not looking at it, but I'll be back on the air the 22nd, I believe, whatever that Sunday is, from uh, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. You know where to find me. You can find me uh, here on Periscope at Coach McCartan. I want to thank all the people that came and on and and actually uh, interacted. I thought it was great. Uh, most of my, my hub, my hub is on Twitter. So you can find my, my Twitter page at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Also, I have uh, prosportsrundown.com which is my own site. I'm going to be putting some stuff on there. And my pride and joy, well, two things, my official YouTube uh, account, which is uh, my channel. You go on YouTube and you type in Coach Space, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. That is my pride and joy. Otherwise, uh, I'm also on SoundCloud, but all those SoundCloud uh, things get to go to my official iTunes podcast. So if you go into the iTunes store, you type in Coach McCartan, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. You'll see all of my uh, back episodes of 60 Minute Overtime, as well as every 
audio for every interview I've ever done. So, which is about, I think it's, uh, we're up to 70 now, which is kind of cool. Okay, so uh, ciao for now. Uh, have a good, a good football Sunday. We had uh, 155 live viewers this week on, on Periscope, which is great. Um, so thank you, everybody, that tuned in. And, uh, and we'll see you we'll, we'll in two weeks. Uh, go Jets, I think, if I want to say that. Go Jets. Uh, but definitely definitely go Giants. And sorry, Greg, I know you're, you're a Packer fan, and uh, as is my brother. So uh, have a great day, everybody, and uh, stay safe for those of you guys in, in hurricane-affected areas. Uh, enjoy the games. We'll see you on Sunday, October 23rd. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.